Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Hoovering, the podcast about eating. I'm Jessica Fosterkew. I love eating as much as anything else in the world, but also it sometimes brings me conflict, shame, and all sorts of other things that are rubbish. It's complicated and I think fascinating. This is a conversation with an interesting soul, not just about food, but about gobbling it up, or if you will, hoovering. Hello, please, excellent ones. This week, I'm hoovering with lovely, funny, extremely clever sausage off Taskmaster, as well as a hundred other cool things, comedian Phil Wang. Yes, please. Are you having a nice time listening to hoovering as a rule? Then, please may you do it a five-star review and subscribe to it. And, like, tell a few mates about it. Oh, thanks. If you've got any money, you can help the podcast by sharing that too. For a one-off squidge of money, maybe like a coffee or a lunch's worth, go to supporter.acast.com forward slash hoovering. Or if you wanted to help out in a more regular way, you can become my patron. Go to patreon.com forward slash the hoovering pod. I will give you, in exchange for your hard-earned pennies, a monthly amount of pounds from as little as two, I believe, a month. Um, podcast-related stuff like guest recipes, discount or free tickets to live and virtual live shows and lots of very exclusive content just for patrons. Um, Also, I've just added a function, because it's just become uh, an option too, uh, where you can pay your patronage amount for the whole year off in one wallop rather than paying however many bucks a month. And that way you get 10% off. My stand-up show, Hench, which was on tour in the early part of the year before the old Covid hopped along, um, has been rescheduled. Most of it into the new year, uh, one of them in Poole on the 24th of October. I think that's still going ahead at the time of recording this. I would keep checking, keep checking, because who knows... All the tickets, though, for the rescheduled dates, all of the rest of which are into the new year. I've just added dates for Guildford and Liverpool are on my website, jessicapostacue.com. Click on My Doings. It's just Aldershot and Manchester dates now to be added. So, let's have a podcast. Phil came round to my house and, under the urging of a former guest, the amazing chef Sven Hansen-Britt, you join us preparing and then eating chocolate really, really, really posh chocolate that was a gift from Sven, on toast, grated onto buttery toast. Well, on crumpets, actually, because that's all I add in. Dinosaur-shaped crumpets. What's happening now is I'm grating a block from a kilogram brick of very posh chef's chocolate called Amaday. Mm. And the, um, the chocolate looks like it's come from a comedically large chocolate bar. Yeah. It's obviously got the same shapes as a chocolate bar, but amplified uh, 40 times. Oh, God. And you're grating chocolate onto yeah. mainly our plates. Mainly just plates. Yeah, because, so the chef said, 
Sven Hansen Brit said, bake a piece of toast, put proper butter on it, and then grate this chocolate on. Um, but but we, Phil and I have decided it'd be more exciting than, oh, than toast, to have um, a dinosaur-shaped crumpet from a co-op called a Crumpet Creation. Yeah. Um, so we've done that. I think I've got chocolate in my butter forever now. Um, oh God, I just need to get a photograph because it's absolute fucking catastrophe on the um, tidiness front. It's Jason, a famous, famous chocolate butter. Oh dear. Oh yeah. my God. I do, I do think... I mean, I, I, I want to eat it. I yeah. do want to eat it. I want to eat it. It's exactly what I'm saying. I want to eat my plate now. Okay, I've got some really snazzy um, salts. I think it's supposed to sprinkle a bit of salt on. Gosh, Jesus it? Christ. It, what, are you worried about your heart? No, oh, never. Look, and it looks like bum cheeks. It's left a, a chocolate bum cheek imprint, like someone's done a photocopy copy of their buttocks on my kitchen surface. <laughs> There's what's outline. I think we're going to need uh, knives and forks. Oh, I was totally going to hand this up. Are you going to hand this in? Yeah, I was going to give it a hand job. Should I just palm it in? Oh my god. Okay. Yeah, okay. Well, I don't know, you just give me a single fork. I don't know what I'm going to do with that. Uh, yeah, and, and a knife. Oh, and a knife, okay. And no, this changes everything. <laughs> okay. Okay. This is exciting. Oh my gosh. With peppermint tea. The peppermint tea is so virtuous. And then we've got shaved chocolate on crumpet with butter. Diamond, uh, dinosaur shape, shaped yeah. crumpet. Do you well. think it is a dinosaur? It's pretty ambiguous, isn't it? Yeah, it's just sort of ridges. It looks like a sort of squashed Britain. I was going to say, your uh, my geography is dog shit. But I'm sure it looks like a map of somewhere, but I'm not good enough at joggers to know. Okay. Oh. So you're putting some salt on. I've put a little bit of salt, salt on. on. I've got oh, my first oh, fork here ready of <laughs> okay. crumpet and chalk okay. and butter. Okay, and chalk and butter. He's gone in. Okay, mm, I'm going to catch up quick. Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 that's a good noise. That sounds know. like a good noise. Mm. It's like mm. if you turned a really good hot chocolate into yeah. a crumpet. Yeah. Do you know? I mean, the, mm. yeah, you can taste that it's very high quality. Wow. Chalk. It's really nice, isn't it? The chocolate is in. Mmm. Mmm. God, I'm into it. Yeah, I'm really into it, actually. Yeah, it's lovely. I thought it might... It's because the chocolate's so snazzy, it's not sickly at all. If anything, it could be a bit sweeter, couldn't it? Yeah, it's disgusting, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Real change. Real change in them. Now you, now you point that out. Yeah, it's actually... I'm, I think we're going to be sick. <laughs> No, you're right. It's um, it's it has the sophistication of eating a dark chocolate, but mm. without the horrible taste. Yeah. Do you hate dark chocolate? What I hate more are people who insist they lo- love dark chocolate, mm. and I don't believe them. I don't believe them. Oh yeah, I love chocolate, but only if it's gross. You know, I don't like. <laughs> I don't like the delicious, sweet, smooth sensation of milk chocolates for children. <laughs> Um, Josh Whittacombe used to have a bit of material absolutely fucking years ago about how dark chocolate tastes a bit like them paracetamol. I think that's nailed it, doesn't it? There is something medicine-y about yeah. it. Yeah. But in, but in this context, it just in tiny shavings. Both of us expected, as I was grating it, for it to come out in bigger chunks like cheese does. Yes, but what's actually happened is that you it, it grates fine enough that it just sort of melts yeah. into a Nutella-like spread onto your crumpet yeah and so little actually makes it onto the crumpet that the the main joy in this is swooping up the shavings off the plate mm. yes i love it what great that is great i'm really happy about it i'm gonna grate more chocolate in my life i'm gonna spend more time grating chocolate interesting i might i wonder how it work with chocolate with other things in like a twix <laughs> Yes, if you're going to make this the, much mess anyway, I think caramel you'd be hard pushed to get through a grater. Yeah. Mm. The biscuit in a Twix might be interesting. Yep. To put through a grater. Pretty explosive. Um, um, an M&M? 
Oh, that's dangerous in terms of finger slicing. <laughs> You've got such a small surface area to try and rub over the blade. And M&M is actually probably more a mortar and pestle yeah. situation. <laughs> yes, true, isn't it? You want to smash it up with a pestle and mortar. <laughs> pestle and mortar, mortar and pestle. It is pestle and mortar. Yeah, did you Why say did it I said mortar and pestle. Mm, I prefer, well, you know, we You're can, right, though. It's pestle can, and mortar. We can say it however we want. Um... So I thought from a, another, a TV show thing that you did that you didn't like bread because somebody made you a noodle burger. That's right. But, on, um, on Big Zoo. This yeah. Big Eats on Dave. Um, the, my, 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 my hatred of bread has been exaggerated in the press. <laughs> I, 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 it's not that I actively hate it. I just, I don't <laughs> give a shit about it. difference there actually yeah there is do you think that's to do with like it's how our language is going isn't it if you're like I, yeah, yeah. I went on holiday recently and the woman that ran the place were on holiday and was said are you a horse person and I've been trying to get some material out of it because I was like well I don't hate horses but I couldn't give a fuck mm. and I'm so that makes me very much not a horse person but to a horse person therefore the fact that I couldn't tell one horse from another or want to know its name I don't really even want to see a picture of it to them that's horse hatred that's exactly it's, a, that, it's equine phobic that's right that's right that's right and you're right it is about the polarisation of values yeah all, um, all or nothing isn't it yeah y- yeah oh god I'm not I'm not a, I'm not a good enough horse ally to yeah I'm actually I've actually been meaning to talk to you about this <laughs> um <laughs> I brought some books. I'm surprised um, you still came round. I brought some some books for you to educate yourself on. Um, okay. On uh, equine history. Okay. Um, <laughs> just so you can <laughs> grow. Uh, yeah, um, but I want. I'm interested in because I. I don't know. I think I fall in and out of love with bread. By which I mean, having just sort of done the thing, I was just. Rooting, by which I mean I care about it to varying degrees. It's not to do with love bread. or hatred. Yeah, I'll have a six months where I'll be like, it's all about the bread, all about the bread. Especially mm. breakfast time, I think. I think there's certain things very hard to have without any bread, like soup. <laughs> or um, I had an egg, hard-boiled egg. You're just having that on its own? A hard-boiled egg on yeah. bread? That's a very dry... That's very dry. buttery toast... I, um, yeah, I'll have a fried egg on on, on, on toast, on bread. Um, I, I've been having toast for breakfast quite consistently for a long time now. Oh, uh, okay. Um, mainly because of the convenience. Yeah. I've also gotten back to cereal. Just because oh, yeah. I'm so fucking lazy in the morning. Yeah, fair play. And also, I've never been a breakfast person. Yeah. Um, so I just kind of plug the gap until lunch. Yeah. <laughs> which is um, uh, the meal of kings. Lunch is your best meal. I think, I think so because okay. lunch. Oh, why? Because lunch is a break. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's it's the only meal that's a break. We we don't we don't give it that due often yeah. enough. Lunch is the only meal that is a break. This is a lovely Every, break. Breakfast is the start, then is the end. <laughs> but lunch is the only meal in the day that bothers to give us some respite in this horrible world. Yeah, and you and know that if you're not taking a break over lunch, if you're having a working lunch, then you've got your work-life balance wrong. That's right. That's right. And you need to read... Um, oh, Eat, Love, Pray, probably? Yeah, probably. Eat, Pray, Love. Eat, Pray, Love. Um, or maybe um, the Facebook ladies one about leaning in. Lean in, I think it's called. Yeah, lean yeah. in. Um, so, they, so you can lean into your lunch. Lean right into it. Away from it. I don't think she, she's had many lunch breaks. She was, she's, she'd leant too far in. She'd leant on. Um, Cheryl Sandberg. Amazing woman. Amazing Cheryl book. Sandberg. Amazing woman. Amazing book. Amazing book. Have you read it? Yes. Yeah, really? Yeah, I've read it when I was pregnant. Lots of people were reading books during their pregnancies about how to be great mothers. And I read one about how to really get on in my career. <laughs> bit of a worry so you know <laughs> I, I disregarded it um because it, it seems very much specific to the office yep based I, career yeah. that book yeah were there lessons from it that you've been able to apply in our sole trader pirate like 
industry. A hundred percent. Really? Yeah. I, I was worried about that. I thought, is this going to be a big fat waste of my time? But um, it wasn't. It's beautifully written and actually it's really empowering. Mm. It, just, it, it sort of it ultimately come out of the game. Well, you could take more risks. It's risky to put your hand up in some situations and it's sort of... It gives you a bit of armour to, I mean, this has got nothing to do with eating, but it gives you a little bit of, um, at least internal armour to any accusation of you being, I think there's a woman in those situations, um, being told that you're uh, being a bit noisy or a bit aggressive or a bit um, bullish or domineering. Because you can go, well, no, actually, all I did was ask to, for my turn. Yeah. Or say, I'd probably be good at this. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it gives you a little And so bit in that of, sense, that applies to, say, Putting yourself forward for shows and exactly and like um, and sort of and apologising a bit less for nothing. Apologising less is great. I've um, yeah yeah yeah. I've, I, I I even I start start started apologising less. Yeah. Um, it's especially hard if you're British because it's it's mm. so deeply yeah uh, sewn in to the personality. Exactly. Um. Totally. But anyway. I think that's as well with... To, uh, let's... To, to vaguely have it on theme. Have you ever eaten anything out of Britishness, out of awkwardness or embarrassment? I think everybody has at some point. But like... In, I mean, maybe you just endured that because it was part of the podcast. No, I really like that. I thought... It's, it's part di- of the appeal... It's different to anything I've ever eaten, which is an exciting thing to do. Part of the reason I came here in person, because mm. you did offer to do this over Zoom. Yeah. Um, but I, I said... No way, Jose, because I wanted to try some of this chocolate. Mainly, yes. I mean, of course I wanted to see Catford, but also <laughs> I wanted to try this chalk. Yeah. And it didn't disappoint, although that's delish. It's a lot like Hagelslag. What? In, 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 in Holland. Yeah. For breakfast, they have toast and butter and chocolate sprinkles. Oh, and it's wow. called, I think it's called Hagelslag. But it's more slag. fun to call it Hegelslag. It's much more fun to call it Hegelslag. Um, that sounds lush, but is it sweeter than this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The chocolate itself is less refined, I think. The Europeans really do love a bit of chocolate on their breakfast, don't they? They hate so breakfast. The that. Europeans are committed to fucking up breakfast <laughs> every day. It's amazing, all these centuries of civilization. Yeah. And, and, and like, Fuck celebrated food cultures. I'm thinking of things like a pastry with a really big coffee. That's not a fucked up breakfast. Yes, it is. is what it? is that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a nutritional value of a pack of crisps for breakfast. What is this? It's true, actually. There's, there's, there's not much going on. There's, there's no substance. Up. There's yeah. no interest. There's no protein. Like, if, you know, uh, British food doesn't always get the best press. And in a lot of cases, that is warranted. But... At the risk of sounding a bit ideally, the full English is an un- undefeatable breakfast. Yeah. You know, um, it's, it's undeniably better than anything Europe has to offer. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. if you want sweets for breakfast, I guess Europe is all right, but... Yeah. Should you be having sweets for breakfast? It's up to you, isn't it? Sorry, is this... Uh... Just lent in and didn't f- fully agree. No, I don't ever feel like sweet things at breakfast time. So I think yeah. I'm biased. Yeah. I've never been like, I've never given a shit about sweet things at breakfast. People get so excited about pastries and I think I'm into it, but I do like even a question, put some cheese in that guy. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. Then now we're talking. <laughs> Maybe even a tomato, tangy tomato. In there. You know what I found over the summer? I think over the summer I want a sweet breakfast. Oh, did you? Over the winter, I want a salty breakfast because it's, yeah. when it's hot, I wake up dehydrated, <laughs> and the last thing you want when you're thirsty is something salty. Okay. So okay. I wake up needing something juicy, so I go for like jam. Yeah. Whatever. When it's you know, otherwise you want something salty. I've just made up that um, theory and. That's I think se- under any eating. pressure it will crumble. <laughs> I won't test it. You don't catch me testing it. Um, what have you? Um, so that's something you've noticed this summer. But how, are you quite consistent? Have you? Talk, I suppose maybe if you talk to me about eating growing up. Oh yeah. Were you ever a fussy boy? Or were you always a brave boy? I get the idea that you're quite a brave adventure eater now. Oh yeah, no, I've always been brave. In I grew up in Malaysia, and the uh, 
you know, a lot of the food there is not necessarily for the faint of heart, but but it rewards um, brave eating because there's a lot of stuff there that's delish. But on the, Malaysian food is quite ugly as a cuisine. Right, right. It's, it's it's quite sort of brown and messy. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, it isn't like bright and cheerful like Thai and Vietnamese mm. stuff. And so I think it's a harder sell, but it's delish. Yeah. And it's rich and it's earthy and it's uh, savory. I think that's where I got my savory sort of edge is Malaysian food. And, uh, nice. Uh, Tell I mean, me about a Mal- what's a Malaysian... T- is there a Malaysian food I might have ever heard of? Um... Nasi goreng is quite yeah. famous. Yeah. Or na- laksa. Laksa's, Laksa's, Laksa's coming up. Mm. Laksa's doing quite well right now. Yeah. A couple of good places, Laksa places in London. Oh, nice. Also, mm. I feel like there's Laksa recipes everywhere in every right. Guardian Sunday supplement. And yeah, 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 yeah. There'd be a Laksa recipe. It's having its day yeah. in the sun's culture supplement. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like um, a kind of. Is it. Is it like a noodle soup mm-hmm. with coconut milk or like a milky soup rather than like a brothy soup? Is that That's about right? right. I guess it's, it's, it's always called a curry broth. A curry broth, right. So it's like, um, it's kind of like a curry, but not like thick like a curry. It's like a curry soup, if you can imagine that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, coconut milk and uh, chili and sambal, which is a mm. Malaysian-Indonesian paste of like shrimps and chilies all squished up. I think I've got a little jar of it somewhere. Yeah, yeah I, I ne- buy it. Um, never opened. That's a, such a sad that poem. It's a sad, saddest sad. story ever told. Sorry. So, a jar of sambal never opened. <sighs> oh, okay. So I like it that you're always a brave boy eating then. But on a scale of one to ten, do you... Like, I know you don't care about bread, but do you care about eating? Do you... It oh, like, yeah. Yeah, because you have thoughts it. a lot. It's yeah. really great, fun thing to do, isn't it? It's fun. It's empowering. Is it? I feel like God making a delicious meal, making food um, for people. Yes. I love, I love like coming over the dinner party and like pairing the wines and deciding what goes with what. And that's serious. That's fun. Grown up stuff. Mm, Are you a wine man? Big wine man. Are you? Over the last couple of years, it's, I've just guy. started becoming a real dream about it do you get wine from anywhere swanky I can, over lockdown I've um, which has been silly actually because I've very much lived to be on my means but um, been trying different places to get like a case of wine like a little box of six oh yeah wines. I, I, I joined the wine society which I really right. good they're Wicked. really good um, yeah yeah they, they have their own label stuff which is like really cheap really high quality um, they're really good do you like red and white wine I used to, when I started, it was just red. Yes. I was like, I'm a man and I drink red wine. <laughs> but over time, my palate um, became a little more sophisticated. And especially over the summer and stuff. Yeah. And as temperatures have gotten hotter, I've started to appreciate white wines. And I learn a bit more about them and know a bit more about them. Uh, so now I like all of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I was the same. Well, I only ever liked red wine. And then um, in 2013, I gave up smoking and um like genuinely effectively for a few years at least and mm. then my palate changed like drastically and i liked white wine for the first time i never hated yeah. white wine but i had a thing where i could drink shit red wine if i had hardly any money or like you know it's whatever pub like a pub wine or whatever where it wasn't snazzy but crap white wine made me feel like really vinegary and like gross i could bear it like i I could feel the damage it was doing to me as opposed to any level of enjoyment yeah it's got less cover hasn't it yeah it's no it's hard it's less places to hide yeah that's it um which doesn't make any sense because you can hide lots of sins by making something very cold so it should have more places to hide who knows that's uh True. Because there's lots of things that I like. Like, I can't drink... I, I love beer and lager and stuff, but it does have to be so cold. So That's right. Have you ever... Yeah, you, you taste a warm lager and you're like, is this what it actually tastes like? Yeah. Oh, what have I been... Yeah, have <laughs> you been awful. conning me? Mmm. <laughs> 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 Delicious. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? 
United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What's the swankiest thing you've ever eaten? The swankiest? Yeah. The poshest thing. The snazziest thing. Uh, the poshest single It can thing. be a meal. It can be a restaurant you went to or a series of meals that you had. I, um... I, I, I went to, um... Uh, yeah, the snazziest thing I've ever eaten is a, um, there's this really great restaurant in London on Brick Lane called uh, Daterra, and they have a Michelin star. Wow. And for my birthday, I went with my sister for dinner there. And one of the starters is was like little canapes, um, tight, like perfectly formed special canapes that were placed on a large piece of coral. <gasps> what? And they set down this large piece of coral and sort of like, it, sort of with the grace and beauty of a Zen garden, they place these little canapes in the nooks and crevices of this little um, coral sculpture. Wow. That was like the fanciest thing I've been presented with, I guess. I guess. extraordinary because, so obviously, if the coral was there behaving as a plate, it was dead, right? It's dead. Coral dies, doesn't it, once you've fished it out of the old sea? Oh, right, yeah. Does it? Surely. Yes. I think a lot of coral is dead in the sea right now, anyway. Yeah, a lot of coral's dead in the old sea right now. Yeah. <laughs> that sun got really hot. And then... But, um, yeah, so it's like quite a... It's quite a statement plate, isn't it, to use coral, like a... I, don't, I hadn't even I hadn't even considered the environmental implications, but I, I I don't think they were going out and murdering coral. No, I don't think they massacred the coral. I don't <laughs> think there's been coral genocide on that restaurant's watch. But it does feel like um, a very loaded use of a thing for a plate. But maybe they is they maybe they didn't think about that either, and they were like, this is just aesthetically beautiful and it's very decadent and arty. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. It's so arty, farty. It's also a great way to present tiny things. Yeah. Tiny little bullshit things suddenly look quite substantial. Right. You know. Oh, God. Placed, what an amazing thing. Place upon and a And then coral. sometimes when you touch coral, it can be quite dangerous, like and for hurting yourself on the finger skin. Did that happen? No, it's pretty, it was pretty smooth. It was a smooth was guy. Smooth, it was a smooth one. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like a jagged... <laughs> it's like a, my nana, when I was growing up, always had a very smooth shell out of the sea in her. Big one, though. White mm. with brown bits. That you held to your ear. To like a curly to one. Yeah, curly yeah. whirly. Like um like a real life Gillian. Oh, those chocolates. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like one of those swirly ones of those. Oh, it's fun. Um or there's a pasta that looks like that as well, isn't there? Or like a teardrop with a swoopy little top. Has it got like a conchella or something? Yeah. Conchita. Something like that. Something like that. Ironically, I only ever get them in um, TK Maxx. TK Maxx sells pasta. It's got pot pasta often in the Lewisham one has in the in the TK uh, Maxx. TK Maxx does. Phil. I didn't even know they had sold food. They sell pasta. Just pasta. Posh posh pasta. 
on your... Just pasta and jeans. <laughs> just pasta, <laughs> jeans and children's shoes <laughs> and, um, and Calvin Klein pants um, and half of a bikini. <laughs> but when you're in the queue, there's, there's like random knickknacks to your left and right and on some of them is pasta and some of them's pasta like in big baskets <laughs> no bags but they're no, also I mean like the bags are in like big no they're in shell they'll be like on a shelf oh okay, okay. set of shelves yeah but they'll be next to like vitamin D supplements for children ages 6 to 8 like it's very kind of the kind of Audi little section of TK Maxx it's just on the run up to paying nice one just nice. last last minute yes yes actually I do want some Contraligi pasta that's green, brown, red and yellow. It's fine, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's just great salesmanship, if nothing else. It's worked on me. Um, you um, Do you ever think about the environment when you're doing eating? All the time. Oh, really? Yeah. I, um, I, don't, I, I, I eat very little beef. And when I do eat beef, I feel bad about it. Right. Um... <laughs> I, I had a, I had a vegan lunch today and I didn't Did even have to. No one no. even made me do it. No. Nope. But I made myself a dal. Lush. And um, with rice because I just felt I just really wanted it. Mm. I saw your time at Otolenghi do it on Sunday brunch uh, yesterday and I just sort of tried to try to remember what he did. Were you on Sunday brunch? Were you watching it? I was just watching it on TV. Just and watching they had Otolenghi on, which is quite a get, yeah. don't you that's think? A, that's a lockdown catch, isn't it? Sexy Sunday guy. brunch. Have you seen your time Otolenghi? He's such a sexy guy. He's so sexy. I went to his restaurant once in Soho and he was there, sat on a tall stool at the counter and we just dro- drooled over at him. Wow. What's that? I've been to that restaurant. What's it called? Nobu? Is it Nobu or Nobu? Nobu. Yeah, N-O-B-U. That one? Maybe I've been to the other one, maybe, nearby. There are a few. He's got one in Spitalfields now and one in Soho. Anyway. It's very good Oh stuff. my god, it's so good. But yeah, he's a, he's a pretty um, hot guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it was... It, I don't think I had the right lentils and they were two years out of date. <laughs> I didn't know a lentil could go out of date. Well, that's the thing. It's, it's best before. This is the difference between best before okay. and used by, right? What type of lentil did you use? I don't remember. It, it was was it like of, a little orange guy? Was it a big, chunky yellow guy? Was it was like, like a greeny, you know, uh, greeny, brownie kind of guy. I, th- I think you want a yellowy, orangey one for a yeah. little, don't you? I feel like maybe you've accidentally used a French guy, like a poi lentil, which holds its shape too well almost. That's it. It, 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 it. Yeah, it hasn't, it hasn't got mushy. They're great if you want to make something like a vegan, like mince sup- yeah. alternative, but not... Because I just wanted to use it up because it's just a bag of them two years ago. Yeah. And it's fine, but I've essentially made a sort of coconutty stir-fried lentils. <laughs> so it's not quite but it was fine. I'm sure. It will just taste of whatever fit spices you put in. Can't just mild curry one. powder, uh, turmeric... A bit of cayenne pepper and some garam masala is just what was in the cupboard. Sounds great. And some chilies and threw in some tomato and onion. It, was, it sounds great. It was good and it felt good going down. But also, like it was, it never got to the mush. It never mushed up. Never as a felt dollar good going down. Um, and it's like the day we're recording this is it's cold. I'm so glad. I'm so it's glad like we're calling. Chilly, you. cold, crispy day, but it's still sunny. This is like the the dream team for me. This bright. Nice prop and bright, but <gasps> crispy. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's great I, working I, weather. I actually, hate isn't summer it? so much, and I'm Do glad you? it's dead. I hate it with. I hate it so much. I hate it with every fibre of my. Because beef. it gives you. Because it makes you feel lethargic or don't like being sweaty. I hate being sweaty. You can't sleep properly. Britain's not built for it. There's no air conditioning. <laughs> That's true. Because you know, London especially is terribly. Built. It, it'd be a false economy to prepare for it because yeah. it, it only applies a couple of months or one month max, whatever. Yeah. And so there's no point preparing for it. You just have to deal with it when it's here. Yeah. And it's horrible and uncomfortable. And you don't sleep well. Yeah. And uh, uh, it's tougher to drink red wine. That's true, yeah. Red wine is less appealing. Yeah, that's the really annoying thing about the summer I've never thought about. I have to start drinking white wine. Everyone's (laughs) noisy and topless and outside. (laughs) I um, I hate it. I love autumn. Autumn is my favourite season. It's reflective and calm and um, I like the colours. Yeah, Mm. I agree. Mm. I've always felt like a bit of a renegade loving autumn so much, but it's the best actually. It is the best. Um, I thought that was because I grew up in a seaside town and it's very packed with English tourists. This year, unlike any other time in all of history, I've never ever seen it so busy. And it's kind of, if you're from there or live there, 
I mean, it needs it for the economy of the place, but it's horrible. Yeah. And the and the calm of when schools start again and that stops. Yeah. But yeah actually, yeah. you've still got the odd sunny day, or sometimes even in October half term, you can still swim in the sea, and that is wow. just amazing. Um, Apparently, that's why the sea is at its coldest in April. Right. Which is it takes when time, it it takes time for the water to exactly. cool. Exactly. And now it'll take it time for it to cool down again sometimes. Yeah. So she still should be all right for a bit. Do you like swimming in the sea? It's got no. nothing to do with No. So, okay. No. Another reason why you don't like the because summer. Because I am not a lady in 2020. All of whom <laughs> seem obsessed <laughs> with, with swimming in the wild. Swimming. I should have invested in wild swimming a year ago. I'd, I, like, I'd be lockdown proof financially if I invested in fucking wild swimming. What happened? <laughs> I do feel like anybody who's bought a river, a lake, and or created a cookbook in these times has oh, gone into astrology. astrology and astrology. wild we're, we're reverting to barbarism. Just going back into <laughs> the lakes true, and yeah. the stars. It's always terrifying. <laughs> we just had too long in our own heads. That's we're, it. We're devolving. Technology went too far and now yeah. we've, we've come full... Gone full 180 and now... Do you think technology might affect how we eat in the future? It's got to, hasn't it? Uh, I mean, the, I think the greatest change is the availability that um, technology has provided just with, like, delivery services and, oh, yeah. like, all that sort of thing. Um, I, I, <laughs> I, I did a technology show in China and we... Had, there's like a food printer and stuff. Oh, wow. A 3D printer for food, like, yeah. in, like in Star Trek. Yeah, a 3D printer for food... And you'll, you can put in the design and do the food in whatever shape. But then you still have to fill the canisters with potato food. and uh, food. Right, yeah, exactly. Right. So people go on about, oh, you can print food. For, you still have to buy the food. You still have to just put... Yeah. All it is is you can have food in a different shape. That's all a food printer does. You still have to yeah. buy the food. I mean, a pasta maker's been doing that for us for centuries. Exactly. And knives. And knives. Before that. <laughs> Hands, the knives of of the body. The body's natural squidgy knives. (laughs) Um, Are you into? That's what the karate chop originally was, of course. (laughs) Squidgy knife. Yeah, yeah. It's just a way of (laughs) of making sushi. It's just it's all they could do before metal. (laughs) Um, Are you into cooking? Yeah, I really enjoy cooking. I find it. I use it as a distraction. It's my main like. Like when I should be working, I'll go. Uh, I should probably make a very complicated lunch. <laughs> and I, yeah, you know, and then I try and experiment with things, and sometimes I really fuck up. But but more than re- following recipes, then like making stuff up. Did you cook I, even when you were little? Were you encouraged? No, to not really. It's in my twenties. I learned sort of learned cooking. Got addicted to it. I, oh, cool. I, I at first I I was I would look up recipes and just follow them like by the letter but now I make things up and improvise and try and do things by eye mm. and sometimes I mess up like I did I for some friends recently I did um, confit pork chops oh my god it doesn't work what is it what are you meant what's that then what does confit Com- mean confit is is traditionally with duck and you right. and you basically slow boil it in duck fat right 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 and it it sort of gets really tender, and before that, you cure it for about a day, so it gets, right. it's already salty and herby, and you and and it gets really tender. It looks kind of gross, but then you fr- you brown it after right. you've confit it, and you get this really succulent, greasy, hedonistic, tasty, salty duck, mm. and it's great. And I thought mm, maybe I'll do that with pork chops, and it doesn't work. It, it, the pork just gets really hard and kind of tough. Oh no! Um, but I've committed, and people yeah. are coming, so it was fine. Oh. But it, but yeah. So sometimes the, the the experiments don't work. Um, sometimes they kind of do. I made a I made a mango feijoada for a vegan friend. What's a feijoada? A feijoada is a Brazilian bean stew, usually oh. with pork belly and little bits of pork in it mm. um, and black beans I love Brazilian black bean, black bean stew yeah, even the delicious. Leon one the vegan one is fit oh really I've not yeah. had that but I thought my, I had a vegan friend coming I was like ah, I'll make a vegan one I wanted to get jackfruit which is like the go to yeah. meat substitute but I couldn't find any but mango went really nicely with, oh with nice it, also jackfruit is there's no protein in it it is just like a sweet sweet kind of it just has, oh it's just fibres yeah basically looks vaguely in the right with the right fiddling like um pulled pork yeah but it doesn't taste of anything it's just a flavour absorber with a 
Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? But then I told... So the chef at Daterra, that restaurant I told yeah. him about, he's Brazilian. And when I went over, um, he was asking us if we like feijoada. And I said, I try... I'm making my feijoada myself. And I said, I, I tried... Uh, uh, oh, no, I didn't tell him about the mango one. I told him about the meat one I did where I put in Cumberland sausages. <laughs> and he was terrified. He was horrified. Oh, really? <laughs> well, he just like... He didn't even laugh it off. as like, oh, that's first sounds fun. His face just dropped. He went, no. <laughs> oh, really? You're not supposed to have like... A peppery northern sausage in there. Just Richmond's. <laughs> Richmond sausages. It's meant to be treats, though, did you say? Or, or it's like not a cured treat, it's sausage? Like, it's like pork belly and oh. and these little um, offcuts, so like bits of skin oh, and okay. a little bit of um, gut and uh, that God. sort of thing. Bit of using everything up. Yeah, and it's really delish. Oh, God, it does sound delish. A pork belly, I don't eat meat really anymore, apart from very, 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 very rarely, but pork belly is one of the things that is. I was like, oh, God, this cat thinks he lives with me. Oh, it's a black and white cat. I thought we'd just jump to the window. Yeah, his name is Nonrad. Nonrad? Yeah, my fiancé's got a cat called Conrad, who looks a lot like this guy, so we've called him Nonrad. <laughs> and, um, oh, okay, so like, oh, right, 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 right. So Nonrad... He's like the opposite cat, and if yeah, they touch, they'll explode. Yeah, the way that he looks sometimes in the night. Oh, God, so this is really bad. But so basically, this has been going on for a year and a half. But then he, about a month ago, looked real bad. Like, got really, really skinny and had all filth. Like, he just went mm. all mangy. And I couldn't bear it. And I gave him a bowl of milk. And now he thinks he lives here. Well, he looks great he right looks now. He looks amazing again. I can't have been the only one who helped. <laughs> I don't know if he has a home. I have no idea. But every now and again, he'll just pop in and have a snooze under the kitchen table. That's nice. But the other day, I had closed. It was before it got cold. Everything was closed, but I left that window open. We were watching TV in the evening. He just walked in. That's really far away from this window, and it's a very confident like move to do. Like, and he was so chilled. He was like, "Hey guys, I'm home." It's like, "Oh, you don't live here, and I don't know how to tell you." Nonrad. Oh, Nonrad. Good cat. Well, anyway, he's watching the rest of this podcast recording, whether we like it or not. I can't feed you and start. I don't know if you're allowed. If it's someone else's cat, can you give? I mean, this is sort of at least on the theme of eating, but it's non-rads eating. What are the rules? I think I think you've played by the rules quite well. If they look malnutritioned, give them yeah. their food, but he looks fine now. Yeah, and I've never bought food for him. It was just a bit of milk I already had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think you're all right. I get told off for not asking boy guests on this programme. But often they don't have a very interest. Like it's fine if the answer is no, but maybe the answer isn't no. Um, would you say you've always had like a relatively uncomplicated relationship with eating, or would you say it's ever got like l- not easy? Oh yeah, well I was very fat as a little boy, and I um, about the ages of like eight to twelve, I, I I didn't I didn't eat until about seven or eight, and like wouldn't, and was, with, wouldn't eat enough. I wasn't interested in it. I just oh, wanted right. to play. I didn't right. like eating. I thought it was a waste of time and boring. <laughs> Right. And my mum was like worried because I was so skinny. And did you have siblings that did eat? So you weren't. Yeah, two younger them. sisters. Right. Um, and I think that was just all normal. Yeah. I didn't really care about it. And then around eight, I started like building an appetite yeah. hard. And I would eat like two meals at once, basically. Yeah. Every meal. And. Um, Making up for lost time. Meal. It was kind yeah. of like that. But then um, I, I, I more than made up. What mm-hmm. was due, and then some, because I became basically as wide as I was tall. <laughs> Around the age of ten and eleven, I was just huge, and um, and that's just I didn't care then. I thought it was yeah. fun, but then then you start noticing girls, and then you start uh, right just as puberty puberty hits. hit, and suddenly you're very aware of your body and your. How you there look. are a few little boys who did that, actually. Like it feels like a. A potentially just a natural course of events. Do you know what I mean? Like generally too busy in the head to give a shit about food and then be like, oh my God, food's amazing. Right, and like, yeah. like filling out and like, and then puberty hitting and then it being, and then that kind of leaning down, like just getting leaner again, like concertinaing a bit. Yeah. I noticed my kid does it on a, on, a, on a smaller scale anyway. He's nearly five. But and, and he sort of consistently consistently eats loads, but he which is amazing from a mum's point of view. Yeah. Um. But he um. But he will like he'll con- he'll kind of you've got God you look all grown up and tall and long and thin and then oh. and then like three months later he'll be like oh you look all pudge 
That must be so it's nice. Yeah, that must be it's so surreal nice to watch. Yeah. yeah, it is surreal to watch. And if I'm noticing that and I'm seeing him every day, it must be mental for the family and friends that see him like yeah. every couple of months where it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, anyway, sorry. I think you're, that sounds like quite a normal story, it was my point. Uh, oh, okay, that kind okay, of, okay. That kind of, that kind of concertina through childhood, especially up into puberty, and then puberty fucks you up anyway in terms of body image and stuff. I... <laughs> I start. I it got so desperate that I starved myself. Oh no! For one day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> one day I was like, "It's time I knit this in the." Oh, it was far beyond the bud at this point. It's time I knit this in the fully blossom flower. And. <laughs> I knit this in the garden. <laughs> and, and I was like, I'm not going to eat. And like, I, I did it. But the what next day, thing? not a thing. Oh. And the next, and I, and I thought, well, then my body will just have to use up all this fat. And oh no, it's not how it works. It's not how it's it works so at all. Thick. It's so thick. Mind you, I say that like, adults try that shit all the time. And I was so like tired and oh. like, oh, and weak. And, uh, and I didn't do it again after that. Oh, good. I'm happy. It's a happy story. Yeah. Happy ending to the story. Yeah, but... Um, yeah, I, I, and I've tried to, like, diet and bits and stuff and exercise. And I I now find... I found a, a happy medium with eating now. Like, I don't, I don't you know, wreck myself with overeating like I used to. Yeah. I took every meal as a sort of challenge to... Eat as much, and and having younger sisters, there's always food left over. Right, right, right. And so I always felt it fell upon me to finish Double it up. up. And my dad, there's a culture, and there seems to be a culture in Malaysia, especially uh-huh. now, among men, of like eating. Yeah. And like it's good to eat, and it's like you're you're a strong man if you do eat. And I remember all my dad's friends, if we were like at a function or whatever, and I'd be wolfing the stuff down, and they'd go, like, "Whoa, your son can eat, huh?" Oh, and my dad. It's like a point of pride. Pride, almost. yeah, yeah. <laughs> what weird. It is like, I suppose it's um, it's quite universal type of, that, the mad sort of toxicity of masculinity, isn't it? That kind of like, yeah, good lad. I think that's the other thing was my kids got it pretty easy as a kid that eats loads because he is a boy. Like, and yeah. it's like, it's quite normal to be like, yeah, well, he's good. He's, he's growing boy that's it isn't it he's a yeah, growing, growing boy, boy. Yeah, a growing that a lot. he's a growing boy whereas you just don't hear people say she's a growing girl no. she's a big strong yeah. tank she needs <laughs> more protein it's great give her some seconds whereas I mean if we're going to play fair it's only right that we start talking like that uh, in a completely judgment free way <laughs> oh god it's so weird isn't it and there's a masculinity as well to any function where it is like eat what you can like those places it's about like, it's about yeah. devouring and yeah. conquering and there is joy in doing that for fun sometimes without doubt I yeah think. like eating to excess like knowingly going on full and cracking on especially like even at a dinner party where someone's made it, i mean generally by pudding i don't want any pudding yeah. i only ever bother with a pudding if it's not gonna rude whoever like or if someone's made an amazing pudding and be like well i'll find some room yeah yeah i, I i'm quite ambivalent about pudding really yeah me too I'm a salt tooth, not a sweet tooth. Yeah, same. Um, but that's funny, though, that you don't like dark chocolate because that's quite savoury, comparatively. Um, just... uh, yeah, but I, I, don't, I don't consider chocolate as a savoury flavour. So if, <laughs> it's, if it's going to be in my mouth, it needs to commit. It's so to true, actually. The perfect example of where they've gone terribly wrong with that, I would argue, is chocolate-covered rice cakes, which can kiss my dick I've never even tried it they look so gross it's so offensive chocolate and rice dry dry puffed rice ugh <laughs> I've never tried it's, one uh, but I, I, I don't imagine I would like them I've, I've had one that's but I, I, I thought you've judged this too quickly because you've had like a brand of them where they're not going to give a shit about the chocolate like it's going to be like the kind of sh- chocolate that you'd get in a in an Aldi advent <laughs> calendar <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it's gonna taste of sort of plastic and holidays and yeah, and like hot horror. It'll ta- it tastes yeah. it tastes shiny. Yes, it does. How have they done it? It yeah. tastes shiny. It's not. This is gonna take centuries to break down within me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but then I tried one that had like a nice chocolate. That I knew I liked the chocolate on its own, and it's if anything, it's worse. A chocolate rice cake. Yeah, it's not meant to be. Those things aren't mm. meant to be mingled. I don't think. Mm. Chocolate and rice. 
Although chocolate porridge is meant to be really nice. Never tried it. What? Cocoa. Not actual chocolate, but a bit of cocoa or what is it? We get those nibs. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's porridge. Yeah. Do you like porridge? What kind of porridge? Well, you just make like a nice creamy porridge. Like an not oat just with water. Of... Yeah, oat porridge. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like with milk rather than water. Yeah. Like you, that you don't hate yourself. <laughs> and then um, and then cocoa or cacao nibs and then like some orange zest. You keep saying and nibs. Like, I think I've got what them. is a nib? I don't know how to describe them. It's like, like tiny the nib of little, a pen. Tiny little. I suppose like, mm, I think they're raw chocolate drops. It's the best way of describing it. Like tiny little. They're, you know when you buy chocolate um, sprinkles or. or what are they called? Do they look like mini, mini, mini uh, buttons that you'd use them to stir into cooking? Oh, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, so yeah, they're yeah, that, yeah. but they're raw. So they're called cacao nibs or cocoa nibs. Okay, 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 okay. And so they're, no, they're not sweet at all, but they do add a chocolatey flavour. Nice one, okay. So if you do yeah, that, that nice. a bit of orange zest, and then something sweet in it, like honey or... Some yeah, that's syrup. fine, because that's, yeah, that's a confectionery, essentially, that's a confectionery dish. I'm trying to, I've just realised, I'm accidentally, sublimely trying to force another sweet breakfast on you that you But like, want. salted, salty chocolate or like, chilli no. chocolate, I'm like, no, nah, I'm not interested. Oh, really? I'm not interested. Really? Yeah. Okay. Stay in your lane, I think is the phrase, and okay. I would say that to chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you lean in. <laughs> lean up, lean out, lean back, choc. Lean back, chalk and salt. Nonrad's still there. Hey, babe. I think that was quite a sexy wink I just got. It was. Um, He's done it again. He might just have a twitch. Uh, uh, <laughs> he might just have a twitch. Let's pretend he loves me. Um, hangover, what are you having? Dim sum is oh. the best hangover food. Yes, please. Yeah. Um, Favourite dim sum place in London? Uh, I really like Dumplings Legend in Chinatown, but okay. near me on Baker Street is Royal China. Not Royal China Club, which is very cheaply close. Ooh. That's a different thing. Royal China on Baker Street is really good. Oh, yes, please. And it's, yeah, so like, it's great when you're hungover, you sit down, and you just have lots of little porky and prawny and little savory bits, and they're, they're very, like, enriching and warming and... Steamed dumplings, yeah. and little bamboo towers. Yeah, if you can get yes. yourself a little wonton soup as well, that's, that goes down oh, real nice. I love wonton soup. Yeah. Um, and turnip cake. Yes, 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 turnip cake. It's really good. And it's got little bits of like pork or bacon right. in it. But um, Otolenghi actually at Christmas did an amazing vegan turnip cake recipe. Oh. Yeah. Sexy. He's sexy. Oh, he's so sexy. Don't try to tell me he's not. Um, oh, God, I've fucking loved him some it also I just think it serves as a really nice alternative especially in the summer to like a Sunday roast yes like it feels like a really nice thing to do that's not going to a pub and having a roast it's, it's yeah things. it's kind of the Cantonese equivalent of the Sunday roast is it yeah. uh, also I found from my so if you, if limited experience of only ever having had dim sum in London but um, is that also much more family than going for a roast like there are pubs that will endure yeah. you bringing your kids and I don't know I think Kids do sort of ruin pubs a bit once they're yeah. and babies. Whereas there, it just seems really normal and okay to have your kids around. Exactly. It's a family thing. And it's also, if you want to see all the mixed race Eurasian families in your city, <laughs> go to the dim sum on Sunday and they're all there. <laughs> they're all there. Yeah, you can keep track of them all there. <laughs> it's, I've never seen more Eurasian families in a single room than in a dim sum wow. place. Wow. Yeah, more than any other kind of restaurant. Oh, it is the best. It's basically, I mean, it's just like... It's better than tapas. It's the middle of the day. Asian food tapas. Yes, please. Um, anything that you um, have a particularly ritualistic way of eating? Uh, like, I suppose the stereotype is Cadbury's cream eggs that people how do you eat yours? Oh. Is there, not necessarily confectionery, is there anything that, like, how do you eat an orange? Do you have, like, a way of eating things? Is there anything that you think demands to be eaten in a particular way? It's, it's a more I eat an orange like an apple without even peeling it. <laughs> Just chomp on through the skin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> people like zest, don't they? But they never commit. It's not like me. Um, what do I... At school, a friend's dad used to eat an onion like an apple. Fucking hell. I mean, he took the skin off. And how long has he been in prison now? <laughs> I don't know. I don't look it up. 
identity murder. Oh god. Um, what what do I eat? I'm I, I'm pretty boring, really. I don't I don't have any. I, I well, if I'm eating something, I do like to get everything a bit of everything on every on the fork. Mm. I don't I don't like eat one bit and the next bit and the next bit. I try to see if I can if I can get so that everything is finished in the same fork. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like every fork has a bit of everything and I time it. Well, not time it, but I proportion everything so that the last fork has everything and it completed in one go. Whoa, like that's te- incredibly... Like Tetris, but I don't always get it. I was going to say, that's really, that's an enormous amount of effort, actually. <laughs> that's quite hard to do. The only person I've ever seen do that before is like even bothered to put more than one of a few bits on, let alone get a little bit of everything on is my nana. And the only reason she does it is because she talks so much that she's got loads of food left like everybody's eating much quicker than her and it's always like oh hurry up Nana so she knows that when she does have a mouthful it's got to be one hell of a big mouthful (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, but I suppose that is a sign that you're eating good food because it's generally a chef's intention that those flavours combine beautifully I suppose Um, it's a testament to the chef eating like that that said I do have a like ramen or noodle soup um What's the word you used? Ritual. Ritual, which I pay, I just asked someone who lived in Japan and told me, and I just I haven't, I haven't done it since. Is that every bowl of noodle soup, every bowl of ramen, the custom is to have just a spoon of the soup first on its own, uh-huh. and then you have, and then you then can you have that. All the other ah, bits. But the, the, but the first spoon is just the soup. Yeah. With that, I find it quite awkward to sit from those like, what are they hexagonal? Spoons. Oh yeah, the big sort of coconut shell. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know where those are from. I don't know who came up with those. I mean, not the. I mean, I don't know. I'm probably just doing something wrong with my mouth. I don't. You're holding it. Yeah, like you've got a ladle. You've got a a personal wooden ladle, ladle, bamboo ladle, and you have to like. And then you get it up. I think it's a bit silly. I think it's a bit of. I think I'm lacking a bit of wrist mobility. I don't. You should. It shouldn't be expected of you. I've not seen it anywhere else. I've not seen a spoon. I never saw it in Asia. I've only seen it here. Is or isn't it okay, in your opinion, at the end of a ramen, if you've got room for it, to guzzle the broth? From the bowl. That's the point. Yeah, you're supposed to. That's Pick the... it up and drink it from the bowl. That is the custom. So if that's okay, why can't you, instead of trying to use the bamboo ladle, one woman ladle spoon, um, just have that initial sip before you get stuck in, just straight from the bowl, from the edge of the bowl? I think the it's problem then is point. it's still there's still a lot that can go wrong because right. there's a lot in there and, you yeah. know, there's, there's yeah. a lot on you to control yourself. and. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's not just soup that's left. You know, everything is in there. Yeah, so yeah. You, you're going to get little bits of meat and mushroom mm, and noodle yeah. just sort of floating into yeah. your your draining mouth. It, yeah. It's just, there's like a lot, not very much control and it's quite heavy yeah. and there's a lot to lose if you drop it. I think oh, those... that's so true, actually. I think that's probably why it's not done. <sighs> yeah, makes sense. <laughs> What's the most emotional reaction food has ever given you? Um, there is a restaurant I've spoken about, um, I've spoken about before on, on podcasts, like that means anything, but there's a restaurant in Pulau Pinang in, um, Malaysia called Kabaya, and it is, um, Peranakan food, which is, Peranakan people are like, they half Malay, half Chinese people mm. of Peninsular Malaysia, and there are a lot in Penang, and it's Peranakan place. And they have lots of delicious kind of fancy things. It's like a salmon roe and betel leaf starter. But they, 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 as a side dish, they do just a very simple stir-fried greens and olive sauce. Mm. And, you know, um, I, I imagine you've spoken about Proust's Madeleine on, on, this, on this podcast. No. You know Proust's Madeleine? No. So Proust, uh, Marcel Proust, a French novelist, he, he writes in... One of his most famous novel, I can't remember the title, but he writes about the experience of dipping madeleines in tea and eating them, oh. and it being a very emotionally stirring moment. And he investigates what it is, and he realizes it's taken him back to a child memory of him as a child and his aunt eating dunking madeleines and tea and eating it. And so now this general term of Proust's madeleine is ah. just any any piece of food, any piece of eating that the, takes you involuntarily back to some memory. Useful. And this very simple stir-fried 
it was also to be more pretentious about it the platonic ideal of this dish which is like it was like the perfect version of this dish yes. of just stir fried greens in oyster sauce and with like fried shallots and it just instantly took me back to just a normal night in Malaysia eating a, just a, a basic rice dish with fried fish and nice. just some oyster fried greens and I found that very emotional glorious mm. oh how lovely Say scrum diddly umptious. And then you can be in my podcast. Scrum diddly umptious. A super villain minister does a weird new economic policy, uh, which means that hair, all hair, goes on furlough. At first it's fine, fun even, what with the shock and the shininess of everything, but then the true horror kicks in. It's freezing, slippery, so many naked heads are weird shapes, hairdressers and waxers are all unemployed, loads of rodents and mammals are in mortal danger from the cold, let alone from depression because of how disgusting they look. But luckily, the hair agrees to come back to work, but only if you, and weirdly, it does have to be you, Phil, do 100 Cossack squats on top of a very fast-moving car. It sounds impossible, but you do it! You're a hero! Okay. So, your reward in actuality is um, you've gone down in history as the saviour of all mankind from a hairless existence. You are, you've gone down in history as a god, a saviour, a warrior. Okay. I mean, this question seems resolved. Um, but your reward in the moment is the feast of your dreams. Oh, okay. <laughs> but unlike your last meal, this is your best meal. I want you to imagine that you are the, the most high, yet the most hungry that you could possibly be. Wow, okay. okay. So those moments of real <laughs> hunger, like the moment I've noticed that if I, if I have a really long sleep, Mm. I don't normally care about breakfast, but the moment if I have a really long, really like a nice long sleep that I've needed for two weeks, and then I wake up and I'm like, oh God, I don't, I'm really, uh, I do really want to, but I feel great because I've had the sleep. It's like, oh, I'm a woman on the edge. Like that, I want that sort of hunger, but also you're happy. This is, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And so it's a fantasy meal as well. So I don't care, I couldn't give a fuck about health or ethics etc oh, um, and, and also and also I don't really care if it's possible to be honest okay. this can be and the things don't have to go together unless that's important to you however you want to play it as much or as little as you want so I'd love to know what you'd eat what you'd drink and if there's a who with and where then who with and where the dish that I always want no matter where I am what I'm doing is chakwe diao oh what's this it's you know you know ho fun noodles those flat yeah. noodles so chakwe diao is a, is a Malaysian dish where it's ho fun noodles but it's like really char stir fried and um, it's sort of black and charred and it and usually comes with like little fish bits of fish cake a little bit of chicken some mm. the originally like a strict recipe has little clams in it as well mm. and little bits of fried egg and it's just so delicious and so savoury and so earthy and yeah, I mean, I'm salivating just thinking about it. Yes. And so I would have just unlimited amounts of chakwe diao. Yes, please. Uh, a little bowl of uh, frankfurters. Nice! I just love it. I love a cheap frankfurter. I Great. Love it. I, I love it. Um, <laughs> do you want a dip for them? You're just having them on their own. I just have them on their own. That's so, 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 they're so salty. I hear you. I love Great. it. Um, wonton soup. Mmm. Uh, oh god I haven't had that for ages maybe like a really nice like sticky lamb shank okay nice like a sticky slow cooked lamb shank uh, I mean I'm really piling it on yeah I mean that's the point um, um, a good like potato dauphinoise lovely <laughs> and then to drink like a light Red, maybe like the maybe like the best orange wine, or like the okay. finest orange wine you can find, or or actually like an old like Penfold Shiraz. Nice, like the Penfold's Grange, I think is, you know, that's that sort of big label hitter. And so something like that from like the seventies or something. Okay, uh, and then dessert, banoffee pie. Oh, yes it's the best dessert and um is there a who with no one? one is there but me oh perfect <laughs> yes oh it's amazing oh I love it mm, yum in my tongue what a lush boy Phil Wang is follow him on the internet I reckon he's on twitter as Phil N N Wang 
His tour dates are rescheduled until early next year as well. You have to go and see him. It's all on his website, uh, uh, which I think is philwang.co.uk. He's also half of the team behind um, a brilliantly funny podcast, which I'm sure you already listened to. He co-hosts a podcast called Bud Pod with the funny, beautiful puppet and former hoover, Pierre Novelli. I am also on tour. My show is called Hench. Uh, I mean, I'm not on tour right now, although there is one date on the 24th of October. It is more likely that you'll be coming to one of the dates early next year. They're all on my website, jessicafosterq.com. Feel free to support the podcast with lovely reviews or recommendations or with your actual money if you want. Go to either Acast Supporter or Patreon. There's links to ways you can help out and spread the word about the podcast all on the podcast. Notes as ever. Make sure you're following us at the Hoovering Pod on Twitter and Instagram, and we're on at the Facebook too. Who looks at that? I, I mean, I still do sometimes, just to talk to your family. And anyway, follow me as well if you want at Jessica Vostiku on all of the social medias. Anything longer than a tweet to send me, email me. You can do that through my website, jessicavostiku.com. Huge thanks to Acast for hosting the podcast. Hoovering is produced by Emma Corsham, and the music is by Mike Greenway. Until next week, happy Hoovering. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.